Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the world's first Paul Weller fan podcast. It's Desperately Seeking Paul. I'm Dan Jennings. It's a bonus podcast episode. Friday, 28th of October, 2022. Album release day, folks. We are celebrating the release of Will of the People, an album of tracks handpicked by Paul himself. Three vinyl or CD collection out today that follows on from the Fly on the Wall album and takes us through a similar mix of rarities, this time spanning the period 2002 to 2021. From covers to remixes, Will of the People crosses genres. It features tracks such as Paul's cover of the Beatles' Birthday, released to celebrate Macca's 70th, and the disco ball banger remix of Cosmic Fringes by the Pet Shop Boys. The collection has been compiled by Paul Weller himself. Paul has provided artwork, ideas, and sketches for the design, and alongside this, Paul has written track-by-track sleeve notes as well. The release includes additional sleeve notes from writer and broadcaster and former podcast guest, John Wilson, who joins us on the podcast today. John, hello. Thanks for joining me. Great to be back, Dan. Hey, look, album release day. Is there anything more exciting than a Paul Weller album? And this podcast has been running for less than two years, right? And here we are, our third Paul Weller album release in that time. We have Fat Pot, we had an orchestrated songbook, and now Will of the People. I mean, this is ridiculous. How can we keep up? Wow, more Paul Weller albums than we have prime ministers or chancellors or, you know, <laughs> they come thick and fast. It's, um, no, you're right. It's amazing. I hadn't thought about that. That's some work rate, isn't it? And actually, because we are going to be talking about Will of the People, I think that says a lot about this album as well, because this is not an album packed with hits or those well-known album tracks. This is a lot of tracks which are the remixes, the demos, and actually just tracks which are really good that didn't make its way onto an album. And, and that says something about his incredibly prolific work rate I think doesn't it yeah and, it's, and some of it doesn't it doesn't listen to the album and the tracks on it and stuff it doesn't feel like this is a quality control issue he's not kind of rejected stuff because it's not up to scratch it's, no. that it, it's more that it doesn't fit anywhere else is that right yeah I think that's right actually because a lot of the albums do start with a particular song I mean as we know True Meaning started with Gravity I think he wrote and that was some years before and he realised that Gravity didn't fit with whatever he was doing at the time whether that was Sonic Kicks or probably Saturn's Pattern, I would have thought something like that. And then 
he realized it then kickstarted a different kind of musical direction. And then he followed that. And some of these songs, well, they come from, what, what is it? It's about 20 years, isn't it? I think it's about yes, 20 years. Yes, it is exactly. 2002 to 2002, now, really. yeah. which is astonishing when you think there's already been a very thick collection of uh, outtakes and demos and those tracks that which didn't make it on the fly on the wall collection which was probably around that time early 2000s wasn't it but that this, was yeah exactly that was three cds three albums three lps this same is the same sort of thing, thing right same sort of thing and this this picks up where that left off yeah i mean there are i'm just actually just looking back through the album as we talk, as we're chatting here dan just to remind myself what's on it and actually there are some really great tracks aren't there tracks which easily would have found their way onto any of those albums from the last few years and stood up along with some of those best tracks and others which really are and i actually i'm slightly more intrigued i think by the things which are the sketches which are just very very tantalizing which you know you know you just think which direction would that song have gone in if he'd worked it up you know with a full band or with an orchestra or whatever and are you one of those guys who like so we're on the eve i think of the beatles revolver and this huge big box sets of all the outtakes and the kind of work in progress of those songs are you a guy who likes those kind of things and likes to hear the development of a song before you get to the end product yeah with artists that i like i mean i wouldn't be working my way through a you know, a Duran Duran outtakes album. I'm not sure I'd be shelling out for that. Revolver. God, I can't wait. In fact, spoke to Klaus Vorman this week and did a piece by the time this is out, the, the thing that I would have done for the Today programme on Radio 4 hopefully would have gone out, although we are in the midst of the most outrageous political turmoil that I'm not sure whether my little interview with Klaus Vorman talking about designing the revolver sleeve will actually make it on air. But um, no, Klaus was great. Um, and he was obviously talking about the sleeve, but he also, when we were chatting, said, that he was invited down to the studio when they were making Revolver to hear the sort of thing. And he said the development, the huge musical leap which he witnessed there, and obviously most apparent in Tomorrow Never Knows, that was his jumping off point for, for designing that Revolver uh-huh. sleeve. But yeah, no, I mean, I, 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 I am like that, obviously with Weller albums. And as we've talked about before, I am just so lucky to have been a few times in, you know, down at Black Barn in the studio when some of these things are being worked out. And I've seen how he works and it's so instinctive and it's so quick. That's not to say it's just all sort of made up on the spot. You know, there's a lot of work done in Paul's head, I think, you know, either at home on a piano with a guitar, whatever. Um, Sometimes songs come fully formed, but other times you can see that process of just almost musical alchemy. You know, he hears in his head, let's put a bit of that on and put a bit of that. It needs a xylophone here. It needs it, you know, and I can see that kind of layering. And there's a sense of that going on in this album because it's so varied. There's so many different musical styles, aren't there? Let's dig into some of this stuff. So obviously you get the invite. When did that happen? Well, I remember we we finished that last interview just before I launched This Cultural Life, wasn't it? Yes, so that's, that's just right. over a right. year ago. So it was probably, I don't know, September last year because we had recorded Macca and that's I right. couldn't say who the guest <laughs> that's was right. because we're holding Your phone right. kept pinging with him. My yeah, phone kept pinging. next guest. It, it was, right, yeah. it was, it was. But, um, <laughs> that's right. God, that was exciting. So that was just over a year ago. Paul just said, I've got this album, compilation, remixes, rarities, things I've been working with in the studio over the years. And do you want to write something about it? Now, I'm not even going to stop and think about that. I'm going to say yes straight away. Of course I will. I mean, that's, you know, it's a lovely thing to be asked to do. But it was daunting, I think, when I sat down to write it, because I, you know, I'm i a big fan of the liner notes from the 60s. You know, there's a lot of those albums, and whether it's the Dylan albums or, you know, a Dusty album, or it was always a thing. You know, and you grab, I can see behind you, you know, you've got a rack full of albums. I've got my mm. albums there. You know, yeah. if I pick any number of those albums, you put it on, you listen to it, you look at the picture. But actually, 
the liner notes were always very important. A lot of the jazz albums as well, fantastic. Sometimes, actually, they're, they're quite strange. They're quite impressionistic. You know, they're trying to capture a sense of the music rather than just giving a straight biographical resume. So I slightly went at it with that idea of Paul himself being an artist, which I firmly believe, you know, he's a proper, he's a true artist in many senses of the word. And the analogy was with the sketches that what came to mind was the idea that so many of these things are sketches and he is working in the studio in the same way that a painter would, you know, and some of those big finished masterpiece paintings that you see in galleries around the world, you know there are often multiple versions of those works, which are the sketches, literally the sketches, where the artist will try out the proportions and the size and the perspectives or whatever. And he's doing that sometimes in these demos. And, um, you know, I loved that with, what was the jam compilation? Um, Extras, wasn't it? Which did that. And there's some amazing versions of, you know, just him on the guitar doing Burning Sky, or I think there's a version of the Eaton Rifles on there. Just yeah, just him, him on the guitar. Yeah. Him yeah. on the guitar. Yeah. And there's all sorts on there, which, which are really fascinating. Um, and I just had that idea, the analogy of the, of the painter, of the artist in the studio. And I just seen that, I've just been to the Royal Academy that week and there was a show of, Constable, John Constable, you know, famous for the Hay Wayne and all those big kind of landscapes and those views of Salisbury Cathedral. And actually, I really left me a bit cold. You know, they are very chocolate boxy and they're so well known. And Constable was obviously the great painter of his age because he just captured a sense of Britain at a time of obviously huge self-doubt. You know, and he was so reassuring to the establishment. This is what we are. It's a sort of English idyll. And actually, I, t- I was a bit bored by it. But then in the corner of the room, there was this tiny sketch. It's basically a very quickly painted it's paint. It's not in ink or drawn. It, it, is in, it is in watercolor, but it's only, I don't know, sort of eight inches by eight, eight inches or something. And it's a little square painting of rain sweeping in across the channel. Uh, across to Brighton Beach and he's standing on Brighton Beach and it's really, you can see the sort of rain is pouring down across the sea, very, very black. You know, when you see a big curtain of rain approaching from a distance. I just had that painting in mind when I was thinking about what Paul was doing, that idea of working very quickly, creating something which in its sort of imperfection is so beautiful and so immediate. And it's it's probably, you know, as I say, I'm not a big fan of Constable, but I would instantly say that's kind of one of my favourite paintings and my favourite Constable painting. But um, And so I kind of started with that, with the idea of him and the analogy of Paul being like a painter. And, you know, and, and I know he's, Paul, I think, takes inspiration from painters very often as well. We've talked about art a lot. You know, we went to see a Hockney exhibition together a few years ago, the, the Hockney exhibition at the Tate. And it was just brilliant going around with Paul just you could see what he 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 was getting off you know on a lot of that kind of especially the stuff in the 70s you know the when he was hockney was working again so quickly and there's he was cutting up photographs and he was just experimenting and and pushing himself on but then you get right up to the recent work and he's working on an ipad and he's now in his 80s and he's just being as prolific and as experimental as as he ever was. And I just think, you know, Paul um, saw a kindred spirit there. I didn't think the idea, the analogy of the painter was misplaced or pretentious. I mean, it's pretty pretentious what I wrote, but it's, um, you know, I don't think it's, it's too far wide of the mark. But no, it's not pretentious in the slightest because you do see that connection. <laughs> that's really interesting in terms of, I mean, that's very much how Paul seems to be working in different ways now and yeah. embracing technology and the, the voice note and all that kind of stuff. So I, love, I love yeah. that connection. You write in the liner notes about the power of the B-side from back in the jam and the style council. And we'll talk more about that in a sec. But my love of Paul Weller came through the solo years. So things like, oh, yeah, I got 
fly on the wall or arrival time. You got above the clouds and everything has a price to pay, for instance, or the loved on hung up ends of the earth on wildwood. And what a song fly on the wall is. Like I said at the beginning, it's like they just don't fit or he's got extra, he's got surplus. It's not that the quality's bad on them but you talk about this power of the b-side and obviously yeah. the jam you know the jam being your band originally you know things like you reference like dreams of children and the butterfly collection tells the riverbank the b-side's yes. always been yes. an important thing to paul isn't it oh absolutely i think back in the day that was very much about looking at what the beatles did the idea that you would buy we can work it out and you'd have day tripper on the other side or you'd you know you'd buy it for day tripper and you'd have we can work it out you know you got paperback right up with rain as the b-side and i think Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. I think that is a B-side rather than a double A-side. You know, just astonishing. One of the most amazing Beatles, well, one of my favorite Beatles songs. And I think, you know, he applies that same quality control and that logic, or he certainly was then in the jam. You know, Dreams of Children. I think that was technically a double A-side with Going Underground. But I mean, that could have been a huge single in its own right. Well, all sorts of things. Tales from the Riverbank. Yeah which he still plays, you know, and has played, you know, fairly consistently. Um, that being the B-side of, what was that, Absolute Beginners? Liza Radley. Liza Radley, which is you know, just a, a, a beautiful, you could regard it as, uh, you know, as a throwaway song, but it's not. It's a, just a really beautifully rendered sketch of small town loneliness and, you know, the sort of the outsider and, you know, which is a recurring character. And I think in a, a lot of his songs, the outsider, you know, somebody who doesn't quite fit. And God, you could psychoanalyze Mr. Weller and you realize that's, you know, that young man sitting in the corner of the pub that produces away from the numbers, all sorts of songs, you know, that person who he identifies with the artist, the artistic spirit, I think comes back to the artist again. Yeah, and you, I mean, there are so many songs on this when you listen to them, things like Pure Sound, tracks like Into the Sea, which are from the Fat Pop sessions, but then right back to times around Floorboards Up and the, the, the As Is Now album where you've got Oranges and Rosewater. Oh, I mean, that's a great one, that. Oh, I mean, absolutely stunning, some of these yeah. songs on this album. Golden Leaves as well, I think, is just, um, that's actually very complete, isn't it? When you, That would have been from the As Is Now sessions in Amsterdam because it's got the horn section on there and lovely sort of slightly laid back soulful sound but that is a really complete track that could have been on any album or it could have been on any album at that time it would have easily fitted on as is now it's probably just a question of too many tracks not enough time as simple as that and then you get those really experimental things in more recent years i love that remix the fathers the young fathers remix of satin's pattern i mean they're fantastic 
fantastic yeah, great, band. Great. Uh, brilliant live, so good live. Aren't they? Brilliant live, and you know, so they made some really strange, off kilter, wonky sounding records, and they bring that kind of strangeness to to that remix. Um, no, I think that's great, and that Hopper remix as well. Yes, uh, yes the white is, label remix with Tom, the white, Tom Doyle and yeah, Tom and Doyle, yeah. which I think is brilliant because what's interesting with that is he's actually the chord sequence is totally different. It's not like he's just used the same chords and then you know reapplied them with different instruments or cut it up or whatever. It's actually just totally different chords underneath what Paul's singing and it fits and it brings a different perspective to the lyric in a way. And again, another pain, another song about a painter. Yes, about true. Edward Hopper. You know, and that's again, that's Paul's interest in the artist and just capturing mood. And um, yeah, it is a recurring thing, isn't it? Yeah, there's this lovely line in the line notes which says, The artist is propelled by a power greater than will or choice. Oh, yeah. I do believe this. I think there's somebody who is a true artist, they, they don't actually have much choice in the matter. You know, it's not like, shall I be an artist or shall I be a lawyer? You know, it's like, although actually, you know, I'm sure there's some great musical lawyers out there and I'm sure there's some great musicians who have got a great legal brain. But I mean, if you're going to be an artist in any medium, you just have to pursue it. It's a calling. It's something which you just have to do. I think that's probably what I was just tapping into mm. there. You know, and I've seen that, with which is why I'm wanted to do this this program this cultural life it's really about the roots of creativity what is it that drives people on to create and and to make art and whether that's music or you know whether dancing or whether it's writing books or whatever there is there is a common cause there and that's sort of that need to express something about yourself or about the world yeah i think that's it's quite a pretentious line but it's not bad no, I loved it. I loved it. Um, you talk about Paul as a live performer as well. Here we are at the time of recording. I think tickets are on sale right now for this incredible celebration in December. So Peter Blake, a concert celebrating his 90th year, the Royal Festival Hall, London. I'm away. I'm gutted, absolutely gutted. If you can check dates with me on this kind of stuff in the future, please, Paul. And it's a mixture of electric and acoustic appearances from, and I'm going to do the list. And this is curated by Paul. Madness, Noel Gallagher, Roger Daltrey, Weller himself, Chrissy Hind, Baxter Drury. And there we have on the uh, the notes as well, compared by John Wilson. I know. God, I mean, to see my name on a billboard <laughs> alongside those people. <laughs> We're up in lights, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, it's, that is going to be, I hope, a wonderful night of celebration, uh, a tribute to the great Peter Blake, you know, lovely man. 90 years old, I think he was 90 in June, and obviously somebody who is, has not just worked with so many musicians, but obviously is a massive music fan himself. I've been to Peter's studio a few times, a couple of times, made a program with him on his, I think it was his 80s or possibly even his 75th birthday made a uh, an edition of Front Row and we did a special edition of just me and him wandering around his studio and chatting and um, it's an amazing place he's always got music on in there he loves the Beach Boys John Coltrane you know loves a lot of jazz Ian Jury himself I think he taught that's the, the link to Baxter Baxter's going to open the show Baxter's Dad, Ian, obviously, I think, you know, was, was great friends with Peter because I think, I think I'm right in saying that uh, Peter taught Ian at the Royal College of Art. Oh, okay. So there's, there's a link there. Uh, back to painters again, you see. Nice. It's all about painters. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so we've got that. And then Chrissy, I mean, it's just great. It's still being worked out at the moment who's doing what and how they're doing it. And, you know, probably 
acoustic or semi-acoustic shows. I think Madness are actually going to be doing proper full set because Madness don't do acoustic, which is, and so they're in effect closing the show headlining, but I think there will be some surprises along the way as well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, there are lots of rumours of like, you know, surely Macca's going to be there, this kind of thing. But the, the, the invite Line came from... Line dropped po- out there, Dan. I couldn't hear what you said, sorry. <laughs> Presumably the invite testing, came from... Testing, Mr. testing, <laughs> testing. Sorry, it's all went, it all went weird. Uh, presumably the invite came from Paul, right, again? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's Paul's idea. He loves Peter. You know, he has been really inspired by Peter. Again, it's what I say about like, like walking around that exhibition with, with Paul, you know, the Hockney exhibition. You know, hopefully we're going to have some messages sent in by the likes of Hockney and some of those other artists, younger artists that have been inspired by Peter because he is a great artistic godfather to that generation, particularly the so-called young British artist generation of the late 80s, 90s that came through, um, who were looking very much to what happened, the artistic explosion of the 60s and doing their own thing, obviously. Well, it's going to be, I mean, it's a very special venue. I mean, it's a beautiful venue. It's where we saw Paul do other aspects, obviously, in fairly recent years. But The Royal Festival um, Hall. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Amazing. Wow. No, it's going to be a really special evening and I'm going to be comparing the show. I, you know, we're not sure what that means at the moment. I mean, I will be obviously introducing all the guests, maybe doing some chatting on stage with some of our guests, you don't know if there are plans to film it or record it or anything? Not at the moment. Not at the moment. I think that's all. It, it may happen. I, I I really don't know. I don't know. He just wants to give something back in the way that he knows. And that is obviously playing music. And because Peter has uh, designed the sleeves of not only Sergeant Peppers, obviously, and Stanley Road, but um, he did the Oasis compilation for Noel. You know, he's worked with Madness. And um, I'm not sure if he's done anything for Chrissy. Chrissy Hines on the bill, which is fantastic. Mm. Love her, love her voice. But she has been painting recently. She is, again, another painter. She's been exhibiting and, um, and, and I'm sure she's a great fan of Peter. She's quite figurative and there's a sort of pop pop art aspect I think possibly to her work so I'm sure she will have something to say in tribute to Peter on the night as well I hope it's a great thing it's such a lovely thing to be asked to do as well I want to also mention this cultural life before you go so BBC Sounds Mm. Radio 4 Saturdays 7.15 tomorrow night in fact therefore on Saturday night we have the actress Florence Pugh who was actually really good and then we have um, we finish the series next week with Tim Minchin we've recently done uh, Glenda Jackson we've got Alejandro Inoritu, the director of The Revenant and Babel and some great films, Birdman, uh, he's coming up. We got, yeah, it's, um, but it goes back to what I was saying before. It's just about my real fascination with artistry and creativity and what inspires some of the artists that we love. I mean, the, the sort of catch line that we started the series with is it's the artists that you love talking about the work that they love, you know, and it's, it's as simple as that really. Yeah. But um, also a host who absolutely loves what he's doing. I mean, you can tell this is a real passion project. For oh, you. completely. You yeah. Love every second of it, right? I love it almost as much as you love doing your program, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, we really, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky. And, and um, we've done about 45, nearly 50 guests in the last year. Uh, we're not on every week we come through through in, in cycles, in series, and we've just about to finish season three. We'll be back again right at the end of the year with season four running through hopefully most of next year as well. So yeah, no, it's a, it's a lovely thing. And obviously if I was on This Cultural Life being interviewed by somebody else, then um, my experiences of seeing the jam at the rainbow in 1979 as discussed on <laughs> Desperately Seeking... <laughs> Uh, would be would be a story retold. Uh, <laughs> well, so many people love that episode, man. They absolutely did. Honestly, it was no, really that's nice to yeah, hear. Yeah, it was well, you know what? I think is probably because so many people listening to your podcast would have had similar experiences to me. I, I think I was just probably articulating what a, a lot of people would have felt in those very 
deeply held, cherished memories. Yeah, it's exciting. But in the meantime, this is great as well, isn't it? I've got the I've got the LP here in front of me. You haven't. Have you I seen love this? the fact. I mean, the fact that you talk about. I mean, this comes back to art history, really, as well. Um, everything how Paul packages everything is always beautiful. There's a real care and attention and absolutely attention yeah. to detail, and he gives yeah. a toss about how it looks and what you get. It's a lovely package. The the actual cover image is, as people I'm sure will have seen by now, anyway. Will, it's a collage. Um, and I mentioned Klaus Vormann earlier, but of course, you know, that's there's a bit of a tribute to him because on Revolver, not only did he have those beautiful ink drawn portraits of the band with the hair spilling down, but there's that sort of waterfall cascade of images of the Beatles themselves cut out by hand by Klaus. And this is a similar sort of effect, although it's like it's almost like an eye that's seen from afar, you know, about how many faces, I don't know, 100, 100 faces. And then some lovely images inside. And then look at that on and my, my words on a whole page there, which is I'm so proud. Finally, to have a, a credit on a Paul Weller album. You've know. <laughs> <laughs> got no idea when I was 14 years old working out the bass lines to, um, you know, Thick as Thieves and Private Hell or whatever, you know, thinking, wow, only I could play on that album. And uh, I'm not playing on the album, but I, I, I play a, a small part. Hey, it's always lovely to see you. Thank you so much for joining me once again. Anytime, um, Dan. Album's out now, people. Um, you're probably listening to it straight after this or before this and stuff, but hopefully this has given you a bit of insight into um, how it all came together as well. And John Wilson, thank you so much for joining me, man. Absolute pleasure, Dan. Thanks very much and good luck with it. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 